Hey, hey, and welcome to the Seven Figure Coach Podcast. This is the podcast to get no fluff, no BS advice to finally get those ideas out of your head and into the hands of paying students quickly. It's time to turn your knowledge, your skills, and experience into an extra stream of income by creating an online course or coaching program. I'm your host and new business bestie, Jenny Maroney. A few years ago, I was burned out AF, (laughs) working every single weekend and most evenings into the wee hours, missing out on so much time with my young kids and husband because I was constantly in hustle mode. Then it hit me. (laughs) The path that I was on was not sustainable or enjoyable and something had to change. So I decided to pivot into coaching and share my knowledge and skills with others. And my life has never been the same. Over the past few years, I have helped thousands of female entrepreneurs create and launch their first online courses, coaching programs, masterminds, inner circles, workshops, retreats with wild, wild results and success. We've had students have 10K, 20K, 30K, 40K, and 50K launches in just 90 days of working together, having never coached or mentored before, and then go on to scale their programs to multiple six figures and beyond. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Each week, I will be sharing my best kept marketing secrets, ad strategies, launch strategies, business hacks, actionable advice that I've used in my very own business to scale to over a million dollars a year so that you can do the same. Okay, let's dive in to today's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm super excited. Today, I have a very, very, very special guest on. My COO, Kimmy Jevick-Brooks, is here to chat all things hiring and COOs, virtual assistants, OBMs, how to grow a team. I get asked this question all the time. So, Kimmy, thank you so much for being here. I'm super pumped about this. I'm so happy to be here. This has been a long time in the making, for sure. I know. We keep talking about this every week. Kimmy and I talk more than I talk to my husband. Yep, same. We talk every single day. How long have you been on my team now? A little over two years, I think. Two years? I was going to say two decades. I don't know. I can't remember a time pre-Kimmy. Before Kimmy, after Kimmy. During Kimmy, because I'm not going anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We hosted a retreat last week in Denver, Colorado for 30 women. Two weeks ago, I guess it was. We host retreats around the world. We have another one coming up next week in Tulum, Mexico, which we're really excited about. And we have coaching programs and courses and whatnot. But one question I get asked all the time is, A, how did you find Kimmy? B, how do I find a Kimmy? Or does she have any hours? And I'm like, back off, she's mine. And C, how do you know when you're ready to bring on a teammate? One gal last week asked, at what price point were you at? At what revenue level? And I was like, oh, I never did it that way. And so I think it's really fascinating what you bring to the table. So tell us a little bit about yourself, right? Like, how did you get here? How did you go from corporate to here? Tell us all your things. And then we can kind of dive into how we figured out our partnership. Absolutely. I've definitely always had an organizational focus in whatever I was doing, whether it was corporate, side jobs, things I was doing in school. Like That's always kind of been a through line for me. I'll give you like a fast forward version. Graduated college, started the big girl corporate job in the city, did not pan out the way I wanted it to, developed a not so great work relationship, just like with work-life balance and all of that. Fast forward to a few different other jobs where I was director of marketing at a wedding and event banquet hall. I worked in recruiting and corporate sales for staffing and all of that with large corporations, smaller like family-owned business on the back end with operations, like kind of a big hybrid. During COVID, kind of sunk my heels in. I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to be my own boss, to do my own thing. I was working with a woman. It would be ad hoc things here and there. I would come here in person, some things were virtual, and that's what 
my first taste of, oh, like I can control my hours. Oh, this is cool. I can give input to her, fill in voids where she maybe needs help. And it was very cool. So that role kind of got the seed planted in my head. So during COVID, I was like, okay, let me throw things at the wall, see what sticks. Kind of developed doing a lot of like virtual assistant packages, different clients. I was kind of doing anything they needed me to do, which now I'm like, no wonder I was overwhelmed because I was like task switching. I was logging into this person's email and this person's Canva and this person's website, making logos. Like I was doing the entire kitchen pantry, whatever the saying is. All the things. All the things, literally. And I think doing all those things really helped me zoom out and be like, okay, well, what do I like? What don't I like? Like it gave me that, I wouldn't have known if I didn't try it energy. And I think for the way that it kind of evolved now to this more operation side is this really big draw for me is I don't like when things are inefficient. And that's been the way I've been since I was out of the womb, literally, like Jenny's probably heard this story five times. But like my mom used to bring me to her friend's houses on like Friday nights when she needed a break and I would organize their Tupperware. As a five, like my brother was like, you're an alien, like go play in the playground. I'm like, no, but the lids and the color, that's just how my brain has always operated. And I think there was a long time I fought that and I was trying to like fit into these boxes of these jobs or I was given feedback at different corporate jobs that was feedback that I could even implement. It didn't align. It felt very, put it on someone else's outfit and I'm walking in and it's a facade and I don't love it. So when I started to like play into the strengths of my brain and how that is how my brain operates, not fighting and just leaning into it, I was like, oh, this is fun. Okay, this is cool. Businesses need this. Oh, this is something that actually could become what I do every day. So I started to kind of shift clients I was working with and kind of scale back to not everybody and everything and really narrow in, even then kind of played into maybe like some more client experience focused things and operations and tracking and spreadsheets and Airtable, like all the tech and learning all the tech. And I would see how it could fit into the big picture and how maybe for this kind of business, this makes sense for this business. Maybe it doesn't make sense for that. All of these things. So I feel like all the things that I've done have culminated into like where I am now and that very cliche. My whole journey has gotten here, but it's true. Taking a lot of inventory on how I felt doing certain things too. Like, yes, could I do it? Sure. Was I good at some things? Yeah. Did I actually like what I was doing? That was a huge, bold, underlying asterisk statement that I was like, just because I can doesn't mean I should be doing everything. And I think that that will play into where you and I go with this conversation. And also one quick sidebar too, I played sports in college, a sport, a one sport was enough. But that also, I think, played into like the work, the energy, the balance, how I wanted to have a good relationship with work, but also take care of myself. And like that wasn't happening at the two corporate jobs I had. It was like I was giving up, taking care of myself, working out all the things that I know are good for me. So we can get into that too with scheduling, but that's my overview. I love that. And I can already hear our listeners. I can already imagine what you're all thinking right now, being like, okay, that's amazing. Now, how do I find a Kimmy? Because not everyone operates like that. Kimmy, true story, is flying out to Colorado next week to meet me here so that we can then turn around and fly back to Mexico together with our team to host this retreat. And I'm now nervous for you to look in our pantries, but that's not how my brain operates. I think it's interesting what you said. I grew up being told like, oh, you're so type A, as if it's such a bad thing. And a lot of the stuff that you just said resonates with me. And a lot of the things I'm like, oh, I probably didn't care as much about the lids. Like I still don't. But there are other pieces where I'm like, that's horribly inefficient. Why are we doing it this way? Whether it be like within our house or within our school or elementary school, whatever it be. And so for me, as my business scaled, and we'll get to this in a second, but as my business scaled, I realized that I was half-assing everything. And so like you said, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And I was like really trying to force something to happen, but I can't. So I'm supposed to be doing this. And now I feel even more guilty every single day that I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not showing up in my best way for my clients, my family, my kids, my husband, my house, all the things. So I think it's really interesting that you touched on that because it's 
probably a feeling that a lot of business owners feel as they're scaling. And they're like, but I'm supposed to wear all the hats, but we're not. And I always give this example. I know you've heard it, Kimmy, but the CEO of Nordstrom, he's not out there stocking the shelves or running the register or bagging up the things. That's not how this works. As business owners, we have to put ourselves in that CEO seat. For you, tell our listeners how you shifted from doing a little bit of everything and doing everything for everyone to being in this position on my team. Yeah, absolutely. So I had to like look in the mirror and kind of like do a lot of reflection and the woo side of like, all right, like sit in this. If I could, like you always say this, if you wave, wave a magic wand, what are you doing in your business? And at this point, I had some clients that were retainer for project-based work that was very specific to like a launch. But then I had some that were kind of just like hourly that I was doing everything for. And then I was doing VIP days that were like burning me out like crazy that I didn't, again, didn't expect to not like them until I was in them and doing them. So I think what the big shift for me was when I sat down and, and kind of figured out like, one, energetically, like what kind of clients do I want to work with? And like, what does that look like in our communication? Because at that point, I think I had like 10 or 11 clients and I was in Slack and I was logging on here. And I was like, um, do I go back to corporate? Because I'm not loving this. Bouncing back and forth and you can never like be fully focused. Exactly. And I felt like I couldn't really make that impact I wanted to make when it came to the efficiency and like actually growing the business. Because you and I talk all the time to like your clients and their big dreams. It's so freaking possible for all of them and everybody out there, to be honest. But you can't do everything at once. But then with that, like you have to have certain things in place to be able to grow. So if you're constantly putting out fires, it's like, it's just chaotic energy that doesn't allow, it's like, I don't garden, so I don't really know I'm bringing up a gardening analogy, but if you plant a bunch of like flowers and then your dog goes and digs a hole and he's like, refix the roots and like re-give them nourishing soil. And then your dog goes and digs a hole again, their flowers are like, what the heck? I can't, the big thing for me was like, yeah, the creative stuff is fun for me. And like at that point, I think I was doing like Canva templates, but I was like, I feel like this is a chore. Can I do it? Yes, no. Do I like it? Am I actually enjoying it? It was like almost like a yes, no, and like a sometimes. And then kind of like evaluating, like I had like a Venn diagram. I literally am a big pro-con list person. I mean, you and I also had some honest conversation that helped me because this role that I'm in now, like we co-created as we were going through it. So I think that's also super unique to our story. And some people could obviously learn and potentially imitate them similar. But like the learning as you go, like I didn't walk in. I was like, yep, I'm your COO. And like, hi, I'm Kimmy. Nice to meet you. We had this trust, which I'm sure we're going to get into the whole process. But I think I answered your question, did I? Yes, absolutely. And so anyone that's listening that is a virtual assistant or an online business manager, an OBM, or just likes tech and likes operations too. And efficiency. And making an impact. That's a big piece of this. Anyone that's listening right now to Kimmy's story, I'm sure is sitting there being like, that's me. Like, that's how I feel. I want to make this impact, but I don't know how to step up in that role. I know I'm more than just a virtual assistant or just a this role or that role but I could really like come in at a higher level. I'm really excited to dive into this. So anyways, for anyone that is listening that doesn't know our story, Kimmy started on my team as my virtual assistant, as one of the 11 clients that you were just mentioning. And I quickly realized that Kimmy was not a virtual assistant. I was like, how do I ask Kimmy to go steady? I had this question so many times with my coach and she was like, just go ask. I don't know. And I was like, but here's the thing. Like, Kimmy does not belong in my inbox. Kimmy does not need to be making logos or templates in Canva. Like you have that mind where you're like, okay, hold on. This way that you're doing it, cool. It's worked up until this point, but it's only going to get us so far. And if you really want to scale and help more people, serve more people, make more impact, what if we tried this? And I had never had anyone on my team to that extent, which leads me to the conversation. 
and I know you and I both experienced lots of questions last week or two weeks ago when we hosted this retreat for 30 women in Denver. A lot of them came up to both you and to me and to other people on my team asking, how do you even find someone like that? How do you hire your first virtual assistant? Or do I just go straight up looking for a COO? Because COO sounds expensive. How much do I need to be making at that point to go hire someone? So will you share a little bit with us? Because you have a background as a virtual assistant. You have a background from corporate. And then you and I, like you said, we co-created this COO role within my business. We can get to that as well. But tell our listeners, like, how would you suggest going to find their first hire? And at what point do they do that? That's a great question. I think this is something that you're, I was asked as a handful of times in Denver, and I've been asked it in my DMs. And it's one of those things where, okay, I'll give an example of an entrepreneur or coach who maybe has no corporate experience, like just like has never like worked on a corporate job team. Like they've maybe ran a done for you business or a photography business or whatever that looks like. And now they're, they're coaching. I don't know. That way the, the business evolves. They've never worked in that team environment. I bring that up because I had a lot of experience being on corporate teams that integrated into even like how conversations between you and I progressed. So anyway, to go back to answering your question, when it comes to like a first anything higher, it's like, okay, one, what is that thorn in your side that when you think about doing it, you're like, I roll frustrated. That work that drains you and sucks the life out of you, maybe not that extreme, but like drains you so that you're not putting energy into like where you can thrive in that zone of genius. Like, yes, business owners, Jenny mentioned it before, you're wearing all the hats, you're doing all the things. And up until this point, certain things have worked, great. But the more you do things, the more you grow, the more you're going to start to half-ass certain things. And it's you're just going to fall short and drop the ball. And maybe it's following up with clients and getting them to resign. Or like maybe it's just tracking when people are in your program and when their end date is. Or maybe it's making sure failed payments don't happen. There are so many pieces of this that you can't do. If you're juggling seven balls, you're going to drop one. And I think when it comes to hiring, it's like being very honest with yourself. Maybe even tracking on a week. Sometimes business owners I've talked to are like, it's already like Thursday. We were just talking about this before, Jenny. Like, it's already Thursday. I don't even know what I did this week. Because maybe it was like, this client couldn't access this. And they put out this fire. You're literally pulled in so many directions. I'm on this call. And I'm on this recording. I didn't get uploaded. You're working in your business, not on your business. And that's when I massively scaled when I added you. Because I was able to say, I'm not good at this. Or I hate doing it. Can you do it? Even if you're good at it, but you don't like it. Like, it's that energy. Because then it's going to bleed into the next call you're on and your energy is going to be depleted. It is so connected to everything. And I think one piece of that is brain dumping everything. Maybe you track for a week. You write down what's scheduled on your calendar, like what calls you have, any in-person meetings or shoots or whatever you're doing. Outlining like, okay, this is what's scheduled. And then like make notes next to it of like, this is at seven to eight. This is where I spent my time. Cleaning out inbox requests, the menial tasks. That information it's going to be so helpful. Like this sounds tedious to some of you, but it's so important and it's so worth it. The same way that people who like are into like productivity and morning routines, it's like, well, what are you doing today? Or like, how do you prepare for your, you have to have data to make adjustments and to make changes. And I think when it comes to hiring, you have to know what that person is going to be doing a little bit just to start out. Because I can say this from experience. I have been hired by different coaches who had zero idea, one, what I should be doing, two, they knew they needed help, but they also didn't know what to delegate to me. At that point, I was like, I don't even know how to help you because I don't know what you need. I don't even know your business model. I don't even know what you're offering. I don't even know what your price at. Like, there was no information that I had. And then it was like, yeah, answer these emails. And I was like, okay, cool. So I go in and like kind of evaluate, look to the website. I'm seeing what the offer is. This is what the question is. Like trying to problem solve. Like, I think that that's a huge piece. Yes. Anybody who wants to be in this operation type of role, you got to want to problem solve a little bit. 
a lot of it. So that in this example that I'm getting through, then it was, I didn't answer the email in the correct tone. And I'm like, I have no information to base that off of. You said to answer within 20 minutes. I answered at 19 minutes to make sure I hit your deadline, but then I didn't have the right signature. Like all of this BS, it ate at me. It was so frustrating. So going back to the hiring piece, if you make that big brain dump, you've dumped all the things you do in a week. Maybe you even have some things that are more monthly or like bi-weekly. Starring, like love this. Or maybe, okay, one of the piece too, if you're a coach, what you need to be doing. So you need to be on client calls. Like you need to be in Vox with your clients. Whatever that looks like, only you can do. That's a huge thing. Maybe that's start in red. Maybe you star in green. Stuff that you like to do. Jenny, for instance. Jenny loves sales pages. She gets lit up and fired up about an offer. She'll go bang that out. I know that I can help her there if we have certain things in the pipeline. But I also know that like if she has time in her calendar, like she's going to hop in and she loves that stuff. So like that's helped me support her better. Things that are like the bane of your existence, circle and highlight because you're like, that's the first priority to offload and delegate to a new hire. And then put like a little dead skull emoji beside it. Yeah. Print out emoji stickers and have like the X, like a pirate ship. That will help give you an idea. Like maybe it's you don't love tech. You don't love tracking things. So like a big thing is organizing your current clients and where their payments are going. Like there's so many components to this, right? I'm just scratching the surface. When it comes to like the first person ever, this is the tip of the iceberg, but I think there also has to be some things that you're aware of relating to like being a culture fit. I use this example. I use this in Denver. I was on a call with a client. I said, shit, you would have thought that I murdered somebody. And again, that's one example. And like to each their own. I just, I from New Jersey, I'm passionate. We love to use language. But anyway, like some bullet points of like, hey, I'm looking for somebody who like this energy or like some things are intangible. And that's one thing I did have a tough time just putting my finger on in Denver when we were talking to some of the retreat attendees was you won't know until you're in it a little bit. But there are some things that like you can look for. Like I know with dating, there's like the green flags, the beige flag, then the red flag. There are things that energetically you can ask questions. Like Jenny mentioned this before, like we talk all the time. Even when I wasn't in this role, like we talked a lot. There are certain things that we work together because we vibe and we mesh and all that. So that's the two big things. One, knowing exactly what can be and is most important right now and pressing for you and your business to delegate that will absolutely evolve as that person gets worked into the role and you figure out what the role even is and all that. But then also like figuring out what you're looking for in a team member. Totally. You hit on two things that I, I want to expand on. One, for me, I wasn't like, oh, I was at half a million dollars in revenue from coaching and it was my time to go hire a VA. Like that's not how it was. I just knew that I was at the point where I couldn't do everything anymore. Couldn't do it well. And I knew I wanted to scale I kept saying to my coach, I've plateaued, I've plateaued. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. She's like, you're trying to do it all. You're not doing anything wrong. You're just also not really doing anything well. Yeah. That hurts cringe, right? And so for me, I waited too long. Honestly, I waited too long to hire my first VA. I had had an in-person assistant when I was a photographer. So way back in the day, and she would come to my house three days a week. But it's really different when you're pivoting over to the coaching world, in my experience. Online too. Online. And so like you might live 2,000 miles away from your virtual assistant. And so I was that client that you were just referring to where I was like, I know I need someone. I've waited too long. I'm just going to go hire someone. This person looks great. And then they got in there and I was like, first of all, I didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. I just knew I needed help. Number two, I did not set them or myself up for success. Number three, I also was dreading the thought of having to train someone. And I don't know about you guys that are listening. I even felt like I'd rather just go do it myself. I cannot take the time to go create an SOP 
or like a video training tutorial, I was like, oh God, shoot, no, no, no. And so does it up, don't know. And SOP is a standing operating procedure. Which I also didn't even know what that meant. And I was like, someone told me I'm supposed to have SOPs. Someone's supposed to have SOPs. Let's go create some SOPs. Like, I didn't even know. And I was so stressed out that I was literally like, now I got to pay this person. And they're not doing shit in my business. And I haven't even trained them because I don't have time to train them. I don't know what the fuck they're supposed to be doing. And so then like, I set everyone up for failure. And so I think it's really important to really lean into, and Kimmy has a whole program that we'll talk about in a second, but I know you dive into this of like, it is kind of like dating. And I may not marry my first person I ever date. In my experience, thank goodness, I didn't. And yes, of course, like you've said before, there are high school sweethearts that are married for 800 years. And that's freaking awesome. But the first virtual assistant, our first online business manager, or if you go straight into first COO hire may not be the perfect fit. And so I know we've chatted about this, but having some kind of a contract to hire where it's a short period of time to make sure that it's a good fit for both of you. Yeah, absolutely. Like the energetics have to be there. You mentioned where you are in the world may not match up for certain things and certain businesses obviously are are very different. But for us, it's very helpful that I'm in the US, but I'm not seven hours ahead of you because of how much we are talking. There are certain things like that. Like, yes, there are people who are all over the world who are nomads and don't like have a home base, which for some industries is great. But that's another thing that you can literally jot down of like, you want to be in at the same time zone, an hour ahead or hour behind or max east and west coast because there is so much overlap in a huge piece that I kind of touched on before is like the strategy stuff. This blend of like implementation and me helping you find efficiencies and fix them and some things that you don't even know about that I'm fixing efficiencies of because they drive me nuts. And when we're talking and when we're strategizing, I'm like, okay, you want this, this, and this to happen this year. Let's reverse engineer that. When is the launch period? When are we doing this workshop? When are we sort of the details for this program or whatever that is? You have to have this structure. And I think going back to the dating analogy that we had, it's true. You have to ease into it. Most of the people in the online space that I've worked with and crossed paths with are on like a contract basis. Maybe they're locked in. They have to have a 30-day notice. Like you don't want to blindside anybody. And granted, there is exceptions to every contract and addendums and all that. Shout out to my husband. He's a lawyer. He'd be like, God, I'm talking about contracts. But anyhow, this contract to hire is like seeing if it's a fit for both of you. In this type of role, it's not as easy as oh, let me show you what I can do in a week. Some of this stuff takes time. If I jumped into client A's business tomorrow and was in it for a week, I wouldn't have enough information to do enough things, to build out enough systems to make an impact, probably for a month, maybe 45 days, depending on the business structure and all that. And I think that's a huge piece that people are like, I don't even know, what what am I paying you for? It's like, there has to be the understanding of like, I said this to Jenny when I was first kind of transitioning, my role was kind of evolving, was give me some time to like figure out what even has to happen here because I can't just make a magic wand and be like, yep, your business is great because you had so many offers or so many things, past clients, people who had access to this and the portals and organization. Like I spent just like deep diving into your literally getting knee deep in everything, all the tech, all this, a huge audit piece that has to happen. So the way that the contract to hire could work for any of your listeners or anybody who's interested in this situation is, Maybe it's three months. Maybe you give a window where like after three months, you have a call to check in, like evaluate. And it's not like, oh, you're fired. You didn't do enough. It's like, is this a fit for both of us? Are you doing things that you are excited about? Do you see us working well? Like I would have an entire structure of questions that you answer honestly, because if not, it's almost like, are we going to break up? There has to be a check-in point. And I think 90 days is a decent amount of time to have that things working in some way, getting the ball rolling. Because then if you're like, oh my God, like you might know at 45 days, this person locked, love that. Like 
I knew the first date with my husband. When you know, you know. And I think there has to be that you're in it for the long haul energy, not quick fixes. This isn't the type of thing you would use for someone who's like coming in for just one program launch and then they're out. Yep. No, I agree. And I think a big piece of this too is from my experience, I wish I had thought more about this. And you and I've chatted about this before. We were talking about it earlier today is that I have a friend who is now almost 50 and she desperately wants to be married and desperately wants kids. And she and I have chatted about this before. So if she's listening, but it's almost like, and she's admitted this, that she went into every date being like, this has to be the one, this has to be the guy I marry. This has to be the father of my children. And she was white knuckling it and putting so much pressure on it. So having a contract to hire and really accepting the fact that like, I hope this is the one, but I'm not going to white knuckle it. I'm not going to put all this pressure on it, whether it be a virtual assistant, OBM or whatnot. With that said, I want to transition a little bit about how we choose to go from virtual assistant to COO. From my perspective, again, going back to when you know, you know. So I am Enneagram 3 through and through, manifesting generator human type, Sagittarius, fiery AF, like Jersey girl. I want everything done yesterday. And so I knew that about myself. Every idea that came into my head, I wanted to implement yesterday, but I couldn't. And so when Kimmy came in, to my business, I remember having a very real raw conversation with you where you were like, there's a lot that could be done in the back end to make this a lot more efficient so that you could focus on your business, not in your business. And I was like, it's kind of a dumpster fire. And you're like, I didn't say it, you did. And I'm like, yeah, it is like the back end of my business. And I didn't even know what the fuck a back end was. I was like, I don't know what we're talking about here. But I was literally like, I don't know, like I've got this program. And you were like, how are you tracking the students? And when they're done, I'm like, I don't know. I think they just get removed from the program. And you're like, no, they don't. I remember you being like, how are you tracking field payments? I was like, I hope I get an email. And then I hope I email them and they pay. I don't know. And you're like, oh gosh. And so from a coaching perspective, from a coach that went from stuck at half million. And if you're listening right now being like, I haven't even hit hundred or 50 or 20,000 from coaching, that's okay. We all start somewhere. But looking back, if I could have hired earlier, if I could have brought someone into my team earlier, I would have been able to scale so much faster. And again, when I say scale, I don't mean make more money, which it always follows, but I mean make more impact. I could have served so many more people sooner in my career, in my coaching career than I did because I kept being like, well, I've got this offer. And then I never thought, I still do this, but luckily I have you, where I'm like, I never thought about all the shit that has to go on behind the scenes. You have to have a contract. You have to have a sales page. You have to have a checkout. You have to have a funnel. You have to have emails. You have to have ads. You have to have all these things. And so I would stay up until one, two, three in the morning trying to do all of those things. But after I already like in my head committed to doing it tomorrow. And so I couldn't scale. I was just so overwhelmed. And so I remember when you started, Kimmy, I knew immediately I was like, this is different. Like you said, your first date with Greg, you knew that's your husband. And Kimmy, by the way, is a newlywed, just got married in the fall, had a beautiful wedding in Philly. But I remember feeling that way about Mark too. And I get it. And so when it comes to hiring someone, you can start small. You can start five hours a month. But going back to what Kimmy was saying, and she has this in her program, which we're about to talk about, is you have to know what it is. Like, are you okay with someone that curses? Are you okay with someone like Jenny who talks super freaking fast? Are you okay with being two hours time difference? I have a client right now that She's got a virtual assistant who's really good with tech, but she lives in Vietnam. And so the time difference is such a fucking mindfuck because she wants to boxer her at 2 p.m. And she's like, hey, could you possibly do this for me? And it's going to be hours before she gets a response. And then if there's any clarifying questions, we're wasting all of this time. That's inefficient. It's inefficient. Exactly. And I remember you coming and being like, hang on, you've got all these great ideas, but you can't do them all at once. And we need to set up some systems behind here to make it run more smoothly and to serve our people better. And so all that to say, when you know, you know. 
And I would encourage anyone that's listening that is a coach, if you're finding yourself feeling like, I have so much shit, I can't get to all of it, and I only have X amount of hours a week or a month dedicated to my coaching, in addition to maybe you're a photographer, maybe you're a lash technician, whatever it is, and if you're just at the beginning stages of pivoting into coaching, plant that seed in your head. Go through Kimmy's list and figure out, like, are there things that you have to do in your business, but you hate doing them? Is it a thorn in your side? And are there things in your business that light you the F up, but you can't get to? That's probably an indicator that it's time to hire help. You don't have to be hitting $100,000 a year, half a million dollars a year, a million plus. But when you do find the right people, you are able to massively scale really fast. We went from half a million to over a million in just two years. And I literally look back and I'm like, I would not be here without Kimmy. And then Kimmy went and hired a virtual assistant so that she can hand stuff that she doesn't love doing that needs to be done off to that person. And then Mindy's able to say, I've got all these ways that we can maybe make this more efficient. And so it's a big group effort. And there's two things I wanted to add to what you're saying about scaling is like, yes, you brought up the money piece, but I also think for you is the freedom to spend a weekend with your kids with how you choose and know that things are getting done. So the hiring earlier, planting the seed about hiring early, how that helps is you start creating processes for things as opposed to flying by the seat of your pants and having no processes for anything and then trying to like backtrack and be like, oh, well, this client in this program, when they sign up, they should get this. Instead of reversing it, you can set things up from the forefront. Super simple. My biggest piece of information I like to tell people whenever I talk about systems and business and tech backends, for a system to be set up, and it could literally be one or two things. It does not have to be a robust 17-step crazy automations. You're getting emails that don't sound like you. Like There's an intimidation piece that I think sometimes people who like, don't love the tech side are like, oh, I don't even know where to start. I'm just going to manually send this email. But if you think about how that five minutes you spend writing that email from scratch, times it by how many ever clients reach out about your services, times that by maybe three different offers you have and they're reaching out for different offers. Like that is time that you are not spending maybe thinking of a new offer. Like the white space that on your calendar that will allow you to come up with this idea or even just like sit and relax. And that can't be there if you're constantly like, oh my God, well that email never went because the automation wasn't on because there was an automation set up. The spiraling that happens. So when I say systems and when I say like setting things up could literally be one or two things. It could be building out templates for like maybe, okay, I'll give Jenny as an example. We still get emails about like, hey, can you share this photography? Jenny's not done photography in a long time. So like we have a template email that I have our VA send that's, thank you so much for reaching out, whatever, X, Y, and Z. Maybe if they, it's an inquiry for newborns, like we have a few referrals that are in your area. She doesn't write that from scratch and she tweaks it depending on what, whatever their email question was. But that was a simple template we built out. That saves her probably 10 minutes times, however many times she's asked. So those kinds of things like that, that's where you can start. And maybe this person that you bring on for one to five hours a month could be just like helping you implement those templates. You brainstorm on a call, what emails you get, what's an answer that you type out the same answer every time. Or maybe it's even like a DM response that you get, like how to book a call. Those templates and those things that are more efficient than you spending your time manually writing out. Hi, Kimmy, thanks so much for reaching out. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I want to get to your program because there's so much good stuff in there that I know our listeners are going to want and need. But real quick, I want to touch on one question that came up at our Denver retreat a couple of weeks ago where they, I think it was Justine, asked, how do you get to a point where you're comfortable handing every, because I was joking that Kimmy walked into my life and I was literally like, here's all my passwords, here's my credit card numbers, here's my bank account, and here's the key to my car and my house and my kids' birth certificates. And that's not what happened. I teased. But when you know, you know. And so immediately I was like, I can trust her. I vibe with her. I can talk to her all day long, which we do. And 
I knew that you were also able to come into my business and help me scale in a way that I couldn't have done by myself because you're able to say, I'm going to create all this freedom on your calendar for you to go mix up your next best idea. I didn't have that before. And so kind of the dating analogy again, am I going to give this guy the key to my apartment on our very first date? Probably not. He could be a creeper. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. You're building and growing together and you're trusting each other more and more each day. I am by nature, a very trusting person. Also, I was a bartender for 10 years. So I swear that like there's a piece of me that thinks that everyone should just tell everybody their life story on day one. So there's that piece where I was more comfortable probably than a lot of coaches would be quickly being like, here, I trust you. Just take it. Both my clean. But true story, a couple months ago, my dad was admitted to the hospital very urgently. And he was flight for life. And I live 2,000 miles away. Kimmy lives closer to my dad than I do. So I live 2,000 miles away. My sister lives 3,000 miles away from my dad. My brother lives 10-hour drive, 1,000 miles away. And so we all hopped on planes. And I had a crazy busy schedule coming up that week. And I remember crying on my way to the airport, rushing. My husband's taking care of the kids. And I'm like, everything just has to stop. And I, in that moment, remember thinking, like, there are things that my husband can take off my plate. There are also things that he doesn't know how to access. So it wasn't like, hey, can you cancel this call? So I immediately called Kimmy crying on my way to the airport. And I was like, I literally have to pause the entire week. I don't know if I'm going to be there for one day. I was actually there for seven, helping him through the hospital and whatnot. He's healthy now. But having someone in your life that you have built that relationship with, it's not going to happen overnight. But Kimmy went in and said, turn off everything. I've got it. And canceled my, I had a mammogram scheduled, like a freaking boob exam scheduled. And you canceled it personal stuff. You would change something on my family calendar so that Mark would know that he had to pick up the kids. Does every OBM or COO do that for you? No. Kimmy is a rare breed. I will definitely warn you all. Like You're not going to find someone like that overnight, but you can build a relationship of trust and you can have that right-hand woman on your team or man on your team where you're like, I know that if shit goes downhill today and it spirals massively, I know I have someone in my corner. So thank you for that. Of course. And all emotional. We had conversations that built trust, right? And the same way that when you are dating, to bring it back to that, I have a friend who went on a first date recently and she got right to it and was kind of asking questions that were deal breakers for her because she was like, I don't want to go along thinking that you're this person and you're not who I thought you were. So like we had conversations around even my goals, my life, where I see things going, your life, how you want to spend your time five years from now. Like It was very dream idea, goal setting, like not like granular of like, I want to spend every Tuesday at the library, which you would never do that. So I don't know where that came from. But anyway, like I feel like we had these conversations where like I could be open and honest. I don't know if we actually have touched on this before, but when we were first starting to transition, what the trigger point was, was like, I was on this hourly package with you. And every single month I had to then request more time or more money. And I was invoicing you again because I was going like almost double sometimes two and a half over the hours that we had. I think it was more like 5X, but you didn't want to tell me. I also was like, I don't know, like I'm learning this. Do I build her for me learning? It was too ambiguous for me to like feel good in. And then I also was getting more anxious and not doing my job the way I wanted to because I was like, well, I'm going to go over in these months and I got to make sure that's okay with Jenny. And it was like spiral city. So when that came up, I was candidly able to be like, hey, can we hop on a call and talk? And like walls were down because we had built this like level of trust and respect You were never like, well, you're just my BA. There was an essence of we're in this together. These are my goals. I want to help you with your goals outside of my business. There was just this good freaking energy that was trust. It was respect. There was a connection piece that we did have conversations that got us there. It didn't just snap your fingers and that happened. But if we never had those conversations, maybe we wouldn't be here. And I think sometimes they're hard conversations. It's like, hey, I am way overwhelmed right now. 
because I don't think you realize how much time this thing takes or how much time I need before this can be done. I just communicate with you and trial and error, like again, have these answers just like in my head. It was like, hey, I hope Jenny's receptive to this, but you were. And you were like, hey, I know that this is your zone of genius. I want to be in mine. So how can I help you be in yours? And it was like this mutually beneficial conversation that helped us both be like, okay, walls are down. So then like when the trust was built, it was like, yeah, I want to help you if something happens in your life. Cause like I'm the biggest proponent, like yes, online businesses, personal brands, business and personal can be separate. But I think in our relationship, there has to be an understanding that I know you're your best CEO when you're your best mom, when you're your best wife, when you're your best health wise. So if I can help you figure out even how to organize your family calendar in Google so that your kids aren't like, hey, mom, you missed my really important event because you didn't even know about it. I know that you're going to show up better for your business and in your life. I'm getting children now because like, I love this. I love this shit and I love how it's gotten here. But I also know it took work and it took us both being like, okay, we're going to try certain things. We're going to see where it goes. Like there were things I was trying and I was like, Jenny, I can't do this. I hate this. Well, hire somebody else. But you were also not like putting pressure on me to do things I didn't like. And like that was huge. What you just touched on, I think that's it. So for those of you that are coaches listening to this and you're like, I want to scale, how do I find the Kimmy to your Jenny? I think that's the biggest piece is that you have to, first and foremost, respect the person that you're hiring. You have to want them to be loving their job. My mother-in-law once said, a good CEO hires people that love their job. And so it makes you look great as a CEO because you have all these people crushing it. Now, how can I best support my people? How can I make sure that they're still loving their job? First of all, like Kimmy was saying, checking in regularly to be like, is everything still on track? And it being a genuine check-in. That's, I want to add a word to that because I think you can have an email sent like, hey, like a Voxer message, but like, do you look at me? And we're like, I need you to check in with me. It was deeper than just like, a, yep, checked off the list, checked in with Kimmy, sent her a text. I think that's a big piece of this being successful, finding the right person. And if that means it's a virtual assistant, or a OBM or whatever it is on your team, you have to know, A, like we talk about this, like what are your goals, which is what we're about to transition into. Kimmy has this whole program either to hand coaches to be like, how do you go hire someone? What do you look for in them? Actually use the checklist that she was mentioning earlier in the episode. How do I train someone when I'm so freaking exhausted? I don't even know how to train or what to train or what they're supposed to be doing. Like, what do I look for? How do I find these people? All of those things. Or if you're listening from a service-based provider, being a virtual assistant or online business manager, or you want to step into that COO role, this program's for you too, because you can learn how to best support your coach. And so for me, I remember having a very serious conversation with Kimmy at the beginning, being like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Because you don't want to work 24-7 for me. I know a lot of the time you do work very late, but you also like have a whole program. You have your own business. And that's where I think from a coach's perspective, If you're hiring just because you've been told you're supposed to like look for these qualities in a virtual assistant, here are the tasks they're supposed to do, but you're not actually genuinely checking in to see how you can support them. Going back to my mother-in-law's analogy, like how can I make my people so fucking happy to wake up and come to work? And it's not just about money. We go on team retreats. We went to Cabo six months ago and we travel together and we like meet up. If I'm in Jersey visiting my family, we actually meet up and Kimmy like comes to my beach house. I went to her wedding, like I went to her bridal shower. And not every relationship is going to be like that. We totally lucked out, but kind of not. We created this and we were very intentional about it and we were very genuine about it. And so I think if you're a coach listening right now, like how do I, again, find a community, my Jenny, it's a balancing act. You have to make sure that you're fully supporting them and understanding what their goals are. Because if they want to go create their own business, maybe they want to start an agency, I don't know. And you're not making sure that they have enough time to go devote time and energy to that, that eventually is going to lead to burnout. 
from the service provider standpoint, that respect was one, I had blatantly seen it lacking in many corporate jobs I had. So I had a good basis of like what I absolutely do not want and what like doesn't work for me and what made me feel like just not great. When we're having those conversations, I never felt like you're inferior. And I feel like that's a piece of it. Yes, it is Jenny's world and like Jenny's business, but like I love doing what I can to allow you to freaking shine, grow all the things because of how you appreciate me. I'm a words affirmation girly. So like we communicate, but like you also make me feel so appreciated. I feel like in corporate jobs that when we have like performance reviews and like, again, like all the people who don't know corporate or never worked in corporate, like dodge a bullet. I'm just kidding. Some people have great jobs, <laughs> but like there is an element of corporate business check-ins. And I'll use an example of it's not like corporate, but like Little Words Project, New Jersey-based business. She hired her husband as her COO and they are the freaking power duo of all power duos. But she had other people in different roles in the past. And like Adriana, she's a great, incredible founder and CEO. Go buy a bracelet. Small plug. But their dynamic, obviously, it's a little different. They have two children together and a family. (laughs) We're not that close, Jenny. (laughs) I think like that works for them. And like the same way that you and I have found what works for us, it was in trial. I've had other CEOs I've worked with. You've had other people in different roles and unsupported in your team. And it might sound daunting to go through like the ringer and try to see. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that complex. There are high school sweethearts. So like you might find that person that if you're putting out the right information, like the transparency, the same way that Jenny will talk about with clients of like, well, I'm your coach. I talk fast. This is what you're going to get. This is all the things like that transparency and coach to client relationship needs to be the same thing when you're bringing someone on your team. I will never allow Jenny to like tell clients that they're going to get something they're not. Like that's not the case. That's like never the energy we want. And I think the same goes for like, if you're talking about your stories and you're like, yeah, you don't think about hiring somebody. I really want them to like, be outgoing. Because then if you want to have a team retreat where you're going hiking, like that could come into play. Like you have no idea. Maybe it's important for you that they're a parent. And like your journey right now, like you want someone who gets the parenthood piece. Again, to each their own. Everyone's in different stages of their business and their lives. But I have two dogs and like they hop on my lap on calls with Jenny and we laugh. It's not like that's unprofessional. But there are people that like that isn't the energy they want. So all of this to say, it's almost like that two-way energy. You have to put out what you're looking for and like have that alignment also kind of come into place. Like I think there's sometimes like you can... I know the whole manifestation piece, we can get into a woo conversation, but like the right person will end up in your world. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I agree with all of that. We are woo for those that are listening and didn't know this about us, but like we definitely lean more towards the woo side, but I never used to. I was like, woo is bullshit. I'm sorry, I don't believe in woo. But when you're manifesting, yes, you can manifest the right person. And I know you get into this in your program, Organized and Authentic. So tell us about that. Tell us about who it's for, why they need it, and what problem it solves. Okay. So it is twofold. I'll speak to one audience first. It's for coaches that know they need help and have zero idea where to start. So you could be coaching on anything. It could be programs, one-on-ones, maybe you host retreats. It literally is a hybrid of all that backend. And basically you have clients that pay you. So it's for all coaches of all levels. Absolutely. And also like high level 30,000 foot, not to interrupt, but it's like, you're sitting here listening, like I need a Kimmy, go buy this program. (laughs) She's going to teach you how to Train that Kimmy, train that person on your team to think in the way and to build a relationship like she and I have. So if you're listening to this episode still, which is by far my longest episode ever, because it's so fucking juicy and I don't want it to end, you're still listening. There's a reason you're still listening. Go on, sorry. When it comes to the conversations we had, the learning about Jenny's business, she used to keep things in like notes up on her phone or she would like text herself. And I'm not in her phone. So like there's a whole part of my program that if you do find the right person to jump in, that walks through like an entire blueprint and audit of like your business, your goals, 
what you hate, what you love. Tuesday afternoons, you have four to five blocked off. Do not bother me. Like handle everything outside that window. Like all of this stuff that helps that connection build. There's a whole module on that. It came to life because I basically zoomed out and systemized what I did in Jenny's business over the last two years. So for me, it was like super fun to kind of think of all the things because I was like, oh, I forgot we did that. Like, cool. Because now it just runs smoothly and like things are set up in a way that are sustainable for us to grow. So the one audience is the coaches. If you do not have anyone on your team yet, you can still benefit because going through that first module might help you kind of figure out what the person could be doing. Like it literally is like a very long blueprint, but it gets things out of your head. Ideas that you have for next year, pop-up offers, bonus offers, what you currently have, what you maybe only offer seasonally, like literally all of the ideas, values, your vision, all the things. And then the rest of it is kind of how to implement all of this. If you have a new idea, what needs to happen? There's a whole mess of trainings. But then the other audience is if you're listening and you're like, oh, Kimmy, I resonate with what you've been through. Or like I've been a VA or maybe you have a corporate job that you're like, I need to get out of here because I don't like my boss. This program, I wish I had this program two, three years ago. This is the program I would have wanted to jump into because I was like, I know I could be doing more for Jenny. I just don't really know what. So expedite that process. I would have loved to have this to see how all the pieces fit together, how the tech could overlap. I learned by doing, and it took me a lot longer. Like it took me so much time to just spend on my Friday nights for like, I'm just going to YouTube these tutorials and I'm going to figure out how to integrate these two things. Yes, it worked. It worked for me. And like, sure, you can probably DIY it. It might not get you there faster. But it also helps if you're walking into a conversation with a potential client, like, hey, I can help you with all these things. Like I have this skill set. And one of the other things I didn't touch on earlier that I just want to quickly highlight is like why we work is because I was very honest with you about, hey, I don't know how to do that. I can either figure it out. And if I like it, I'll do it. If I don't, I'll find someone else to do it. Jenny likes ads. I'm not an ads person. Maybe I will be, who knows? But I think there are certain things that going back to the whole like, can I do it? Do I want to do it? Do I like it? Like that honesty around that. So essentially the program is for both audiences. If you do have someone on your team, you go through that first blueprint module together. Like that's a collaborative. Here's how I need support. Can you help me here? Like where can you fill in gaps here? Maybe you have a weekly call on your calendar. It's built out to help you create systems that are sustainable in your business that are built with you in mind as a CEO. It's not just like a cookie cutter. Here's a template. Here's what I would do for Jenny. So you have to do it this exact way or else it won't work. I don't teach any of that. I hate that shit. And I think that that's a misconception with systems too. And I do have templates in there, but like I literally tell you in the training, like tweak this to make sense for the business you're in, for your client's business that work with her brain. Like Jenny, certain things with color coding, I have set up. Some people hate color coding. Like figure out what works for the CEO and the business's brain and adapt as needed. I promise you, if you're a coach right now and you're listening to this episode and you want to scale your coaching business, you need this program. We will link it in the show notes because it's fucking gold. And I keep telling Kimmy to raise the price. So get in there fast before she (laughs) finally listens to me. But like so many people in my world, my one-on-one clients have purchased it. People that have attended retreats have purchased it. And it's all because they hear our story. And they're like, I don't even know how to find someone like that. I don't know how to train someone like that. I don't know what I need. This program, Organized Authentic, is what you need to be able to figure out what you want. And then it creates all this white space for you as a coach to scale. Scaling always means making more impact, serving more people, helping bring more joy, freedom, time, money, bookings, inquiries, whatever it is that you do for your clients, you're going to be able to do a shit ton more of that. You're going to be able to help that many more people because you're not in the day-to-day stuff that you don't maybe don't love doing and or you can do it, you don't mind it, but you're not going to scale beyond where you're at. What got you here is not going to get you to the next level, but organized and authentic will for sure. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of it. 
I got to get myself an affiliate link. Literally came to life with your help. So I appreciate you. We just had so many conversations with our inner circle, our VIP, our one-on-one clients, people that have been in our courses before. And be like, okay, cool. I don't know how to do any of this. And you're like, oh, I've got trainings for that. So like, go buy it. This is the best part about Kimmy's program. I've been part of so many programs where they're like, no, no, you have to go do the work as a coach. And then you're going to turn around and train that person. That's not it. You're going to do the very first module, even if you don't have a person yet, like Kimmy said. Oh, and also like the little stuff, like what's your password? What's your login? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Literally, Kimmy's got the password to every single thing that I own, including my bank accounts, because I can't keep track of that shit because that's not how my brain works. And I'm okay with that. And we've gotten to the point in our relationship that I trust you. I know you're not going to go steal my bank account. So it's not going to happen overnight, like we've said, but the best part about this program is you as the coach, you go buy it. You figure out what it is that you want in your spouse. Business spouse. Your business spouse. And so now, whether you have that person yet or not, Kimmy's program is going to teach you how to go find the person that vibes with you, that sees your goals and wants to help you make a bigger, better, faster impact. And then all you do is you hand the program over to that person. That's their training. Yeah. So you don't have to train them. That's the best part about this program because you don't have to do the work as a coach. For anyone that's listening, being like, I know I need someone, but I don't know what to even teach them. This is your program. I also have a Slack support where like, if whoever's going through it, they're like, uh, this isn't working. This is glitching. I'm being an error. We send a loom video. Like, I want them to also feel supported. So whoever is the one going through to do the implementation, there's that piece. But one of the things I wanted to quickly mention is if you're a coach and you don't have anyone on your team right now and you were to buy it, that first blueprint, that might even help you structure your like application for your hire. The way you want to bring on somebody, like the non-negotiables might come to life by going through this blueprint. 100%. It's just very helpful. So, I mean, it's literally so exciting to me because I would have loved to have it, Kimmy, a few years ago, but I also know how much what I've done in your business, what I've been able to help you with has helped so many elements of your business, your freedom, your time, your energy, the impact you're making with clients. You show up to coaching calls, you know exactly where this has to go, all of the things. So literally is this whole process in a program. Yes. This process in a program. That's that. So we will link this in the show notes. Kimmy, thank you so much. We're also going to link how you can find Kimmy, how you can follow Kimmy, how you can go be friends with Kimmy, where she hangs out, Instagram handle, all the ways that you can connect with her. But we will also link Organize and Authentic in the show notes below. Depending on when you're listening to this program, the price may have gone up. But if you're listening right now, go click on that link where she does finally raise the price because it's fucking gold. And every single coach, in my opinion, needs this program. So thank you so, so much for being here, Kimmy. I love you. You know that. Sure, we'll log off and I'll um, go Voxer you and we'll chat more for the day. Thank you for this. This has been great. Obviously, I love you and I'll see you in a few days. This is so great. Thanks a lot for listening and we will catch you on the next show. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you left me a review or shared this episode with a friend. My mission is to help as many badass female entrepreneurs like yourself. And if we are not already friends on Instagram, please come hang out with me over there. It's at Jenny Maroney. Thank you again. Until next time.